Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello, folks. And uh, this is episode 195 Five. now. Five, yeah. 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 And Rob, I mean, we should probably, you know, give a glimpse behind the curtain for the listeners because normally when, when Rob comes over, you know, it's we have to get on with the podcast, finish it, Rob has to get back. But Rob's been off today, I've been off today, and we spent the... Most of the afternoon together, haven't we, Rob? It's been surprisingly pleasant. I mean, I was dressing it personally, but it's been good. Do you know what? And you say I'm mean. Well, fine, fine. <laughs> Let's just get on with the podcast. Do you have anything to say? Are we going to start? Are we going to say anything about Trump? Do we need to? Well, I'm going to say that on a level, I'm not saying I agree with him. Right. <laughs> You're are, are you about scared. to say the Muslims should sign up to register? No, 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 no. He didn't say sign up to register. I, 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 I'm warming to the man and uh, on a certain level like I can warm to Nigel Farage even though I don't agree with him because right. what I did was in this week is I went back and looked at um, a couple of things number one I looked at his um, <clears throat> debate performances when he had to debate with the other Republic, uh, Republican nominees right I watched those and I also watched an interview with him back in 1980 that he did with Larry King. Now, first of all, that interview that he did with Larry King, his views have remained exactly the same. So that... that, that well, that's reassuring. Excuse that, me, that, I don't mean to yawn. I apologise. Yeah, uh, yeah, that reassured me. But it was also just watching the way he just completely obliterated these 17 other candidates. Mm. And it, it did give me some admiration from him. And the admiration came from the fact that there is in a sense that Donald Trump is America personified. You know, the, the bombast, the larger than life, you know, ju- just going straight for the jugular. Yeah, okay. and watching the way he dealt with these people, there was there was in a way so, you know something quite admirable about so it. So he dispatched them with ruthless, ruthless efficiency. Well, well, his tactics are have been impeccable, you know, and I do think that he's he's purely incorporated them in order to in order to to win the presidency. I don't think that's what he's actually like. But when I watched interview with him in 1980, a lot of what he said was very reasonable. You know, he puts it in a different puts it in a different way. But so I guess I admire him in the same way that I admire Farage because uh, again. Old Nigel can't barrage the Farage is. Uh, have you ever heard this phrase? No. If you ever look at YouTube videos of him, you get loads of people saying "can't barrage the Farage," right. <laughs> or would it be "can't barrage the Farage"? I'm not I, sure. I, I must admit, I don't watch an awful lot of. But Rob, Nigel Farage was the first uh, foreign politician Donald Trump met after winning. Yes, I'm aware of this. The Tory party, he's saying, I, I could do an, I could do an, an, an like a role here. Yeah. Of, of linking you up because he could, and they don't want him to. And what the do Conservative you think? Party, you. <laughs> I think quite swiftly responded to by saying no, thing. we yeah. have no plans to put him in that role. But do you no, think I should... wouldn't want to see him play any sort of role in politics? But whatsoever. why? Because Trump trusts him. They get on together. We need that link, Rob. I'm I'm okay. It doesn't anyone. Anyway, do you know what? Literally, well, no, there's some members of the toy part I wouldn't want either. No, but just not Farage. Please, not Farage. I don't need to see his smug bastard face anymore. Can't bar- the rubber face cunt. <laughs> Can't barrage the Farage. <laughs> Too great. Anyway, let's go and what's the podcast now. When, you, when you're watching these YouTube videos, you, you see people saying Nigel Farage will go down as one of the greatest ever politicians of our time. And I read them and I look at and I think of you. <laughs> but you have to admire what this LBC is. asked the question, does he belong in the House of Lords? And the answer to that question is no. Rob, is it possible, just is it possible, Rob, that Donald Trump wouldn't have won the election if it wasn't for Nigel Farage and Brexit? It, I think I think it's amazing how many Americans are aware of Brexit. Yeah, and I th- I think it's probably a, probably through the likes of Nigel Farage. So is it possible that Nigel Farage, tro- this man Trump look- voters, were quoting Brexit? They see this yeah, as their Brexit, which is just absurd. But um, but Rob, is it possible that Nigel Farage then, who does remind me of the to- of Toadie Toad from um, uh, uh, Neighbours? 
No, wind in the willows. Oh, right, okay. No, wind in the willows? Yeah, wind in the willows. Yeah, reminds me of that. He's, he's like a toad, isn't he? Yeah. Um, is it possible this man is, is single-handedly not only changed the face of our country, but also America? Is this man far... I, I, I said yes the last time, is he the second coming? I'm going to put it out there. You, you poo-pooed it. Yeah, and... Uh, I, or the I, Antichrist. I stand by that. I, I'm also going to suggest that maybe... Yeah, you're right, because he has changed the face of politics. And um, amazingly... Because I can't help but think, and someone made the comparison earlier, that this is a man who said if the referendum was in 2% either way, he'd, he'd, he'd basically want... Uh, a, a new referendum, and he would have refused to accept the result. So it's three percent, ex- isn't it? No, it's two percent. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, which is exactly the tactic that Trump used. So I'm just wondering whether Farage was more heavily involved in the Trump campaign than we think. Can't barrage the Farage, Rob. And on that word, I think the Nigel Farage should uh, become a martyr for politics by shooting himself in the head. <laughs> right, Rob. Let's get on with this. Uh, on, on live television poli- we'd all love to see it talking of politicians do you remember my stories last week about Michael Hess of course I do how well, could my you not dad reminded me of this story which is actually from back in I think June or July but it's worth reading out because it's very short what's he killed now it's from the eye news no 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 sorry didn't kill had put down okay I've got to um, I've got to make sure sh- okay so Michael Heseltine has managed to keep a secret under wraps throughout his long political career, which stemmed from his time at prep school when he founded a birdwatching club. <laughs> and here he is. I keep that secret if I were you. Here he is speaking about it, Michael Heseltine. The story I never told was when I was in government and I was at prep school. I would have been nine or ten. Is that I was a very keen birdwatcher, so I organised a birdwatching club, the 83-year-old Tory grandee told Radio 4's PM programme. Nothing wrong with that, he says, until I tell you the name of it, which was the Tit Club. And every member of the Tit Club had a name. There was the blue tit, and the marsh tit, and the coal tit. But I was the great tit. So you can understand why I never told that story. (laughs) Oh, God. He's not the only politician with eclectic tastes outside of Westminster. Ken Livingstone has newts, as we know. And Gerry Adams apparently likes... Fill in the blank. Ponies. Nope. Warthogs. Nope. Beavers. Nope. Uh, Right. Is it something something I'm going to guess? Is it something simple? Toy ducks. Toy ducks? Yeah. Doesn't care for normal ducks, just toy ones. What, are we talking rubber ducks? Don't know. I never got the chance to ask him. Anyway, talking of Donald Trump as well, okay. we were talking about him. Um, from the Bournemouth Echo, this is harrowing. Catelyn Marsh. Pool to two artists, Craig Bartlett designs in Trump We Trust tattoo for Salisbury Roofer. And you will get to see a picture of it. Right. A tattoo artist has helped create an iconic tribute to the next American president featuring the words, In Trump We Trust. So, by the way, I just want to remind you that Trump there is replacing the word God. <laughs> That's a very good point. We may want to worry about that. Also, why is a roofer in Salisbury wanting that tattoo? Oh, because tension seeker, maybe. Yeah. Craig Bartlett from Just Add Inc. in Hamworth, he said that it took six hours to complete the piece on Sunday, which he did in one sitting with David Singleton. I don't know if David Singleton is a singleton, but... I think it's highly likely. It features a large permanent portrait of Donald Trump's face, which was carried out on Dave's lower leg, free of charge. Hang on. Why? Why know. is it free of charge? Because I think there's a lot of people in this country who support Trump. People like me. People who can see the... the you look like you're on a punch <laughs> right now. I mean, that, that's accurate. People who uh, believe in you know, sovereign states, Rob, and who believe in you know, not letting our country go to pot. Our countries go to pot. I'm not going to say anything. You can just keep <laughs> rambling. You can dig yourself in a bigger <laughs> hole. Craig, who has been a tattoo artist for six years, said, I get many requests from people, but normally not for, but no, not normally foreign presidents. Dave came in with a friend to have a tattoo, and we got talking about 
Trump. I don't think he's had too much... I don't think he has too much understanding of Trump. So I think he did it more for the comedy value and stupidity. He's already quite heavily tattooed. What's wrong with these people? It was one of those things which has to be done now as we've just had the election. He let me know he wanted a picture tattooed of Donald Trump, but he let me do basically whatever I wished. I'm done. <laughs> initially, and then he got on with the tattoo. Yeah. Initially, we were going to put a controversial phrase of Trump's, but decided to just go with, in Trump we trust, for the irony. Well, I'm pleased it was ironic. What was the controversial phrase? I don't know. It's been posted on Facebook. We haven't had much bad press on it at all. However, I did tell him if he has any issues with it, there's always a way to cover it up, although it is big. Asked on what day's response... Just a massive cock instead. Be less embarrassing. <laughs> Asked on what day's response was at the finished piece, Craig said... He said that he can't stop staring at it, and he said that it's the best tattoo he's ever had. I'm glad he trusted me to do it for him. Craig said he was pleased with the election result, as he believes Donald Trump was a better candidate than Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump was elected as the next president of the United States last week to replace Barack Obama in January. Yes, we know that. Speaking at his victory rally in New York, oh, Donald Trump said... Now it's time to bind the wounds that I've caused. It's time to come together as one united people. I pledge to every citizen I'll be a president for all America. At the weekend, UKIP leader Nigel Farage became the first foreign politician to meet. And let's hope he isn't coming back. Elect Can Trump. I? Do you know what? I'm going to make a concession here. Trump's victory speech. He was actually quite conciliatory. Yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't change. The, doesn't change anything, does it? Um, no, I just thought I'd say it because you were, you sounded like you were being genuine. It's the tattoo of. Honestly. Hell. I mean, as tattoo, it's, it's, there's no mistaking who it is. It's, it's definitely. I know what you mean, but he looks a bit like a. He looks quite he, demonic. The cheeks are very full. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah he, there's something circus-like about that. Do you know, I what don't know what it is? It looks like the Nazi officer just after he opened the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, just before his face melts off his skull. In Indiana Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, comments. Buya says legend, spelt with a D. Right, uh, L E D G E N D. Just decided to book in and get Nigel Farage done on my neck. Sorry, that wasn't a joke. Yeah, he just spelled legend wrong. Yeah, okay. Gonna get Nigel Farage done on his neck. And Sabichi head says next to Corbin one, each half of his face on his ass cheeks with his mouth in the middle. And I like Chip says I know it's his body and can do whatever he likes with it. But dear God, if I woke up one morning and found that monstrosity on my leg, I'd have to take a flamethrower or a machete to it. Fair enough. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Last story, Rob. New shopper, Jess Clark, from yesterday. We're, for the fastidious amongst you, we're recording on the 17th of November, 2016. Southeastern services from Orpington delayed by what on train, Rob? Cat. Cat on the train. Close. Pigeon. Close. Horse. No. Goat. Go smaller. Sheep. Go smaller. Badger. Go smaller. Fox. Smaller. Ferret. Weasel. Weasel. Keep going. Shrew. Think of more common animals. Cat. I said that. Squirrel, you prick! Oh, so close! A pet squirrel caused havoc. But, but hear that word, pet. Pet? Yeah. A pet squirrel called havoc on the rail network over it got stuck on a train. Southeastern services from Orpington were delayed last night after the creature got trapped behind a grill. The train company wrote on Twitter, trains from Orpington may be de- de- delayed due to a pet squirrel being stuck behind a grill on the train. Alongside the tweet, the company posted a photo which said, I tried coming up with a squirrel pun, but everything I thought of was nuts. Sorry, this is the picture. Oh my god. If my train was delayed this by is... what is clearly a farcical excuse, the last thing I'd want to see is that picture. <laughs> well, not all passengers found the situation amusing. Henry Clark tweeted, Southeastern Railway, this joke is as bad as your service. Fair point. Um, less time Googling memes, please. More time getting <laughs> trains to run to schedule. That's from Claire. Yeah, that's, that's um, Steve Abrams says, Can't you send a scroll down a branch line or up to Seven Oaks? Okay, okay. yep. 
Um, Steve Abrams follows up by saying that was a corny one. A corny one. Uh, oh. A corny yeah, one. Yeah, okay, yeah. Ultracast says, I hope the squirrel had a valid ticket. Freeloading animals are my pet hates. Mm-hmm. And they should have got Michael Heseltine because he would have shot it. Do you remember he shot 350 squirrels for in six months? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he was too busy bird watching. So, a Watching South all East- those tits. <laughs> a southeastern spokesman said, minor delays for Corsair service passing through Orpington around 8pm last night when two passengers lost their squirrel on one of our carriages. No, sorry, no what. <laughs> Their creature had escaped and climbed into a grill under a seat, and as the two did not want to leave the train until they found the animal, it caused some minor delays. The train was due to be terminated and put into sidings, but we opted to send it back to Victoria instead so we could clear the platform at Orpington Station. This also allowed the two to continue their attempt to rescue the animal. The couple stayed on board trying to coax their pet out when the train arrived at Victoria. The couple had already left. Why did this couple have a pet squirrel? I know. Rob, who why does it... Why, who do, also, if you invested... Why did you not investigate this? Well, Paul Iris says... Hey. Uh, how long has it been, Rob? Wait for the normal morons complaining that the picture isn't of the actual squirrel. Did anyone do that? No. No. It was a sole okay. commenter there. Good to know. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. I have. So the first... I wish the listeners could hear what we were just talking about. <laughs> that would have been gold, but unfortunately nobody will hear it. I'm sorry, it's just a stream of consciousness on my part. Yeah. And my ever-decreasing uh, decline in mental health. Um, so the first story is for the Manchester Evening News. Uh, it's by George Odling. Good name. Headline. As to investigate after Dad finds Blade in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Glove. Wow. Yeah. So somebody had hidden it there for a late-night attack. Well, he's claiming he bought it like that. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Somebody, I, I think somebody had left the blade in the supermarket hiding it there to retrieve it at a later date. I don't know. Or somebody got confused between the X-Men and uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Or Wolverine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying. Yeah, what kind of... <laughs> uh, so, Aaron... No, anyway, so, a dad says he found a blade in the glove he bought from Asda for his four-year-old I'm sorry, son. Sorry, Rob. Is this article in a minute going to say what primary school this man went to? Because normally they, they will say... You know, Adam, bloody, bloody, blah, who, who, who attends wherever church. It doesn't, it doesn't say Great, that. Why good. doesn't it say that? Oh, I miss those sort of random tangents. Um, Aaron O'Neill, 28, claims he spotted the two-inch Stanley knife attached in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle glove brought al- alongside a hat and scarf for his son, Kenley. So what the fuck is he complaining about then? He got a free Stanley knife. It was just a blade. Still, still free, Rob. <laughs> if this poor kid has stuck his hand in and lost a finger... How do we know he found it? How do we know he didn't put it in there to try and get compensation? That's really say that. Uh, he says he initially uh, thought the blade was a price tag until he pulled it out in front of the children. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Pulled what out? It doesn't say. He just says he pulled it out in front of his children during a shopping trip at the supermarket in High Tameside. Well, he's going to have the police on his back pretty soon. As the boss has said, they were taking the complaint extremely seriously and investigating. <laughs> Aaron, a security worker, said the kids were sat in front of me while I pulled it out. Oh, it's splinter. <laughs> oh my God. Why not just say the blade? Yeah, go on, mate. Pulled it out. The kids were sat in front of me while I pulled it out and they were very shocked and upset to see him. <laughs> Is this the way you read this story? No. You didn't realise? No. <laughs> he then goes on to say, it's a sharp blade. It could do some real damage to a child. It's worrying that he thought that. Yeah. Uh, it's just lucky I spotted it or my lad could have sliced his hand open. Aaron said the razor looked as though... Yeah, you do begin to worry. Like, the way he's talking, like, as I began to look at the blade... I imagined how easy it would be just to slit his neck. And then hide the body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you do realise we are joking about a man killing it. This is completely inappropriate. This Does this have to be cut? No, it's fine. Listen, no, we're joking, hopefully. 
Aaron said the razor looked as though it had been used and seemed to have bits of sellotape stuck to it. Good to know. He added, it looks like it was used to cut tape or something. Just reiterate what you just said. He could be a detective, this man. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think that somebody. Uh, I'd like to think that nobody had been in the shop and put it in the glove on purpose. I'd like to think it was an accident because for someone to do something like this, it would be horrendous. It's deliberate. There's no way that can happen by accident. <laughs> <laughs> and his partner, Katie Ross, phoned. Hang on a minute. Them. What? You had a story last week about a man who went into one of these places and pretended to chop, or we think we did chop his toe off. Yeah, he but, chopped his toe off in front of everybody. Yeah, but. Is he, it, Maybe that maybe it's another person who's left the blade there in order to turn up and do this. Maybe it's a finger this time. Cut their own Could finger. Could be, but I mean the guy did did then proceed to eat his own toe. Yeah, he did. Can I just say, Rob, that I think this is the work of ISIS. You're right, it could be. Especially off that toilet roll thing. Especially off that toilet roll fiasco, yeah. So Aaron is part of Kelly Ross phoned Asda. Aaron said, We post on Facebook. We've had a few people saying we we are uh, doing it to try and get some compensation or something. But we couldn't stand the thought of seeing the same thing happen and someone else picking up and cutting themselves. Um, spokesman for Master said, we are very sorry for Mrs... Uh, well, Shredder had those blades on the end of his hands. That's a good point, actually. Very true. He was called yeah, Shredder. And he, he he seemed fine with it. Yeah. You did um, what did you used to wonder how he wiped when he went to the loo. I would have thought some like toilet paper covered hands, maybe. Because I think you really have to like a, bind it like a mummy. Because the last I just don't is... think he wiped. Or... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, uh, there's no. Well, there's two comments, but they're not worth reading out. So I'll move on. My second story, which I really enjoy actually, is also from the Manchester Evening News. Now you can have a few seconds because unfortunately, I usually use an app which converts stories to PDFs. But in this case, it doesn't work. So I'm going to have to bring up the website. So sorry. For listeners listening to me, Phil. <laughs> you did good, Rob. Thanks. Story is by Chris Slater. <laughs> Chris Slater. Yeah. Or Chris Later. Uh, no, Chris Slater. Right. Or maybe it's good Chris Later. No, it is Chris Slater. Headline. Latvian man jailed for exposing himself to policemen after <laughs> tells judge, I hate this country, it's shit. <laughs> well... Well, we agree with the sentiment, but <laughs> it's weird that you just had the last story with that guy whipping out in the supermarket and this guy. That's very true, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Yanis Vilks was locked up after a remarkable outburst in which he admitted to the judge that he'd been planning to leave England. A Latvian man who exposed himself to two policemen has been jailed after telling a judge, I hate this country, it's shit. So why did he expose himself in order to get deported? No, I don't think so. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't I say anything. Why, 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 why this protest for the same? I think, well, I yeah. hate this country. Look at my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yanis Vilks, 24, was hold, 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 like hold. Thank you. Before the course, after being caught, exposed himself in public in Salford. He'd be released on bail pending sentencing. Is it Salford where the BBC? Oh, no, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think he has any. I think we can blame the BBC for a lot, Rob. I think they're probably involved in this left wing protest. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Okay. Communist, that's what it is. However, Manchester, uh, Manchester Magistrates Court heard how Viltz was again this week detained by police for breaking his bail conditions. They searched him and found a one way ticket to Latvia and his passport. Uh, he has now been jailed after a remarkable outburst in which he admitted to the judge that he'd been planning to leave England. And asked whether he was intended to fly out before receiving sentence, he told the Deputy District Judge Sam Guzzi, G-O-Z-W-E. Yeah. Yes, I don't like England. He added, I hate this country. It smells. <laughs> Shit. You understand? 
He's going for a mental breakdown. Though. I think he might be. I think he generally was trying to leave before... So he was trying to leave England before being sentenced. Now, we don't know whether he was just trying try to avoid the conviction or whether he actually generally just wants to get out of the country. What's he exposing himself got to do with it? Well, this is... So, I don't know why he exposed himself. It doesn't say why that was happening, unless he was literally... No, because we could Maybe he's planning on horrifying people so much that we demanded he left. Possibly. Wilkes, formerly of Dolden Street in Moston, had denied exposing himself in a subway in Salford on July 21st this year, but he was found guilty after trial. Two police officers had been on patrol when they witnessed Folks, who was wearing a high vis jacket, exposing and performing a sex act. Oh, Tess Keenan, uh, uh, prosecuting, said. When did, his, did his penis have the words. Tattooed on it, um, make Latvia great again. <laughs> no, surprisingly not. Apparently, when, when when he was approached by officers, he was he responded with, "I'm just waiting for a friend." Right. Uh, after his first court appearance, he was arrested on Wednesday by officers who found his travel documents. He reportedly told him, "Don't worry, I'll be coming back." But speaking at today's hearing, Abigail uh, Henry, defending, said. His, he maintains his, his not guilty plea. He came to the UK six years ago looking for work, and during that time, he has worked. How recently he's been struggling to find employment and has found himself homeless and has been living oh. on the streets well yeah not supposed to be a happy story but I think just a very sad indictment of the way England is today okay Rob this is from the Bournemouth Echo otherwise known as the Daily Echo by no, no journalist listed even though it's quite a long story headline Serial con man defrauded women out of thousands by claiming to be millionaire intelligence officer. Brilliant. We love these stories, don't yeah. we? A serial con man who claimed he had £50 million in the bank, which is already slightly unbelievable, yeah. began targeting women through a dating website just days after his release from prison. Right. <laughs> Zach Langley, 43, of Yarrow Road in Poole, encourages victims to give him tens of thousands of pounds for brand new cars and so-called development opportunities. He even proposed to one of the women and encouraged her to give up her job after telling her he'd build a four million home for them to live in together. Langley, who has more than 20 aliases... 20? First, yep. Wow. First met victim Claire Cooper in person at the Bournemouth Pavilion on December 18th last year, four days after his release from prison. The two, the two had previously met online through website Plenty of Fish. The defendant told Mrs. Cooper, who had recently been through a painful divorce, that he was serving as an intelligence officer with the Royal Marines and owned two properties in Sandbanks. Stuart Ellicott, prosecuting at Bournemouth Crown Court, said Mrs. Cooper had been smitten with Langley and quickly introduced him to her mother, Muriel. In early January, (laughs) as Langley was starting another relationship with another victim, Danielle Allen, he began to borrow money from Muriel, so she is relevant, from the grandmother, and Claire Cooper, claiming he needed to pay for a life-saving operation for his own mother. He also asked them to buy him a Range Rover Evoque, which he later traded in for a Range Rover Sport, financed by the Coopers, and offered them an opportunity to invest in a £725,000 property in Lakeside Road. How did he he wangle the Land Rovers? Sorry, also... My mother's ill... She's quite a large lady. I need something to get her to the <laughs> hospital. And I'll only go with quality. It needs to be a Land Rover. But also, if he told this woman that he owned two properties in Sandbags, why does he need cash for an operation? It would exactly. How, why did... In these situations, the victim never actually sits down and thinks, actually, this is all a bit weird. Well, the Coopers were able to raise around £32,000 for the development. So they're quite good at 
at raising money. I wish I had kids who could do that. Each time he borrowed money, Langley promised he would be repaid in the summertime when he could cash in shares and dividends due to, him, due to him from his family's company. Over the course of around six months, Langley defrauded the Coopers of around £103,000. Jesus Christ. How did they have that kind of money unless they remortgaged? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. From January 2016, the defendant was also targeting oh, single mum, Miss Allen, through the Plenty of Fish website, yeah? This is, this is obviously a woman, as you said, who's just gone through a divorce. She's obviously very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I always said that, I actually, I'm going to say, Alex, I actually feel sorry for the victim. <laughs> oh, God, you're not blaming her for once. Although he encouraged Mrs. Allen to pay for artwork, dinners and hotel rooms. What? <laughs> artwork. I like that. Can you buy it for me? I, I, I have to say, my walls are very bad, and I think it really helped myself steam if you bought me that, that beautiful painting over there. <laughs> to a cost of almost £2,000, Langley put around £11,000 into a bank account, money belonging to the Coopers, the court heard. So he was giving her money from the Coopers, this other woman. Miss Allen believed Langley was a former Marine who was working for the Ministry of Defence. She also left her job as the defendant told her he would care for both her and her daughter. Why do they keep telling these women to leave their jobs? Yeah. It's, that's the heartless bit. Langley was due to appear at Portmouth Crown Court on Monday for sentence after admitting five counts of fraud and ten of failing to comply with the theorist crime prevention order. However, although he was brought to court to the court from prison, he refused to be in the courtroom while sentencing took place. Mitigating, Robert Gray said Langley had admitted all charges upon his first appearance yeah, that's good. before a judge. He's ashamed of himself, he says. That's why he won't come into court. Langley, who has 12 convictions for 74 offences, mostly of a similar nature, was sentenced to five and a half years in prison. Judge Fuller said the defendants of defences against Claire Cooper represent a complete betrayal and a deceitful and scurrilous attempt to exhort money from her by whatever means. I quite like a deceitful and scurrilous attempt to exhort money by whatever means. That's fantastic, yeah. The defendant, I also like this, the defendant is a cynical manipulator and confidence trickster and a thoroughly dishonest individual. <laughs> Langley was previously known as Andrew Mark Penfold, the court heard. I don't know if that's related to Danger Mouse. In 2008, he was jailed for four years at Dorchester Crown Court after admitting six fraud and deception offences. He was also sentenced for eight similar charges, dealt with by Weymouth magistrates, and he asked for 17 other offences to be taken into consideration. At that time, the court heard he proposed to three women and thwiddled them out of more than £60,000 by inventing a string of lies about his supposed luxurious lifestyle. He told his victims, one of whom worked at a prison where he was on remand, that he had an aristocratic background and worked as a government spy. Langley, then 30, successfully, successfully Rob proposed to all three women and explained his frequent absences by saying he was an MI5 officer. Jesus Christ. He also claimed to be a banker, a company director, and a member of an Australian winemaking family and the Lord. <laughs> Is that the episode title? Please read that again. A banker, a company director, a member of an Australian winemaking family and the Lord. Yes, yes it is. Comments, because there's bound to be a few. Um... Mr. Ladida Gunner Graham says, Plenty of fish. <laughs> this is in reference to the woman, or the main woman involved. Plenty of fish, plenty of whales, more like. It's a horrible, horrible comment. Yeah. Janet S. says, What a horrible individual. And just look at him. The face, that beard, oozing with venom, evil and hatred. He needs to be locked up and the key thrown away. The trouble is that kind of comment is the only venom and hatred I'm getting is... It's from the comments. Yeah. Um, Gary Cabola says, All birds... Um, all beards are evil. Just look at ISIS. They all have big beards. Big bushy ones as well. The worst kind. Um, I, think they're being, I think they're being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, Bayside says, I see the usual victim blaming has started then. Give yourselves all a pat on the back. Hope you're listening to that, Rob. Hey, uh, excuse me. Yeah. In this situation, I said I feel sympathy. I mean, I it's I the first time in 195 episodes. Yeah. I don't know if this man is also a spy, but James Bond 0070 says, <laughs> many years ago in England, tattooing of the offender's offence. Many years ago in England... Tattooing the offender's offence on their forehead used to be a common way of punishing people. 
It sure was a much cheaper way with great savings of taxes than, repeat, than repeatedly sending them to prison. The same if you caused the death of anyone, except by accident, you were quickly hustled off to see the hangman. And only same one left says, um, no, it wasn't. I was about to say, they've never really used, <laughs> They've never used tattoos as a way of marking criminals. The USA used to do that, and it was common to brand pirates and thieves. But that was hot irons, not tattoos. You'd also only get hung if you killed someone important or offended the royalty at the time. Can I just say, in James Bond 0070's original comment, I love that. I think if onomatopoeia is the word of uh, tattooing of the offender of offence on their forehead. <laughs> very difficult to say. Yeah. Um, and Gary Kabola says, my friend, the Nigerian finance minister, was so sad when he read the story that he decided to reimburse and fall all the poor women who have lost their money to this, in this nasty scam. Please send your bank details as soon as possible <laughs> to rip me off at Nigeria.net. Thank you. Brilliant. Okay, Rob, it's time. For the listener story of the week, and I believe it is from again. She's she's doing remarkably well because we, we go with whatever's the best for us that week. It's from Helen. Yeah. From from can ever remember the, the Plymouth Herald. Plymouth. She's she's not from the Plymouth Herald, is she? Oh no, she's not. No, no, she um no, but she is from Plymouth. Okay. Now we did mention last week that there were some stories that she had submitted about a certain individual who's featured a few times on this podcast. Robert now. Mooney, UFOologist. Uh, John. John Mooney. John Mooney. So. Um, and uh, I mean this guy is I don't like to use his phrase a lot but he is a living legend I mean legend might be too strong he is living Uh, and the story this week is uh, by J Lewis underscore Herald if anyone wants to contact him Uh, and the headline was a creepy UFO spotted over Devon this morning a what? a groupie? a creepy 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 A South Devon man has described the moment he spotted a UFO which gave him the creeps over the town on Sunday morning. John Mooner, who lives in Newton Abbott, spotted... A Mooner, not Mooney. Mooner. Yeah, Mooner, Mooner, yeah. Uh, spotted a bright light hanging above a nearby housing estate at 1.20am on Sunday. Chinese lanterns. No, I think it, I, I think it again... It's, it's a UFO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's definitely a UFO. Which camera did he use this time? Because whenever I've read stories about him, because I've looked for a few as well, there's always a different camera involved. Oh no, it's the same camera this time. Nikon P600. Yeah, I got it wrong. It's Nikon P900. Oh, damn. A much better model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he noticed light, he ran to get his camera home to get a better look at the object. Th- through the viewfinder of his camera, he can make out the object and explain that it was nothing why like he'd ever using, seen before. Why isn't he using a telescope? Uh, good question. A viewfinder of a camera is not going to give you the same close-up idea of what the fuck you're looking at than a telescope but also I don't know why he said it through the viewfinder because it's quite obvious to use the viewfinder you wouldn't use anything else to take a picture no, no. anyway he said I looked out of the kitchen window and I saw a bright light hanging above a nearby housing estate and thought to myself that looks strange I ran to get my, my Nikon P900 camera <laughs> and opened the window wide and let out and so I leant out to get a better look at the object Looking through the viewfinder, my was camera... He, was he putting his hand through the bars, was he? <laughs> Those padded bars. Yeah. I began to zoom in, and I could see the object clearly. He always can. The object was definitely not... Donald again? <laughs> no, I think it's quite... Well, I think it's quite clear what it is. Okay, don't, don't ruin it then. <sighs> but then I thought the last one... I think it's clearer than the ones that we've we featured before. Okay. The object was clearly not any type of, of known aircraft. The Can object was glowing... Go on. It's, his, it's a reflection of his own lights from his... From oh, his no, no, no. That would be good. It's not. But this might give it away. The object was glowing bright orange and had a white pulsing light on the top left-hand side. The object was large and just hung, them, hung there silently over the housing stape. It gives me the creeps. 
After a while of watching the object, something started to happen. The shape of the object started to change as a tube emerged from underneath it. Fucking hell. It fully extended. <laughs> Did it? And it glowed with a yellowish tinge. Sorry, is he talking about the thing he's looking at? <laughs> yes. Because I do get the feeling he gets quite turned on by these UFOs. And also, if, if it has got a yellowish tinge, you need to go see the doctor. Yeah, immediately. It could you? be jaundice. Um, while making my observations, I've been taking pictures and managed to capture this, this strange unknown object. Well, what's his name again? I keep wanting to call him John. His it is John. Oh, John Mooney. John Mooner. 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 John Mooner. I then felt tired and closed the kitchen <laughs> window and put the camera on the side and went to bed. <laughs> Why, John? Why did you suddenly feel tired? I mean, it was one twenty in the morning, to be fair. But this is what this man lives and breathes for. <laughs> so yeah. he thought he could have been abducted. He didn't get abducted. Maybe. He? Maybe that's what happens, yeah. In the morning, I was confused to why I had gone to bed. All <laughs> oh, right, he blames the aliens. Yeah, they, yeah. They... Why did I take more pictures? Why did I go to bed? Because it never happened. <laughs> because, John, you were tired and, and now you're and possibly delusional. And you're off your head on acid again. What is this large object? It's not a helicopter or a plane, is it? The end of the story. That's it. That's the end of the story. Fantastic journalism. Any... Uh, Picture. See. Come on, then, Rob. Yeah, hang on. Uh, there's one comment. No, it's not really reading out. Okay. So again, if you remember from last time, he he actually submitted with the story a very handy chart to point out what he thinks were... Well, you, you well you'll see. You've got an idea of what this is already. Hmm. Pulsing lights. I mean, that is odd. Is that just a street light? <laughs> it's a street light, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's an orange streetlight. It's just that that, that tube is, is 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 the is the bit that's coming out, and the rest of it's just obscured by shadow. I don't think it's, I think it's the reflection of the light on on actual the the, the the main body of the street lamp. Alex, he he says two things. He said it had an orange glow, which it would because and it's it was a above a house. And he said it hung silently in the air, and it never moved. No, and then he felt sleepy and went to bed. <laughs> yeah, this man. <laughs> I love this man so much. There's something wrong with this man. Because it's quite clearly a street light. Did Helen say that? No, she just just, 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 gives me these stories. I'd love to know what Helen thought it was. I mean, (laughs) it's a street lamp. What's worse is... (laughs) I mean, uh, I don't even know. I don't know Uh, what to say. I don't know. My favourite is uh, I felt tired and went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Then just to get that quote again... uh, Rob, this man, whatever he sees, he believes is a UFO. But also... Like, his mother could come around, his elderly mother, and he'll be convinced that she's an alien. I can imagine, right? Could you imagine one of those doors where you got the front doors, the panels are slightly frosted, and someone comes to the door, and he thinks, oh, shit, it's an alien! He takes a picture. And then they ring the goes, doorbell. Goes to bed. <laughs> gets his camera, doesn't let them in. Just, I mean, I then felt tired and closed the witch. Also, he talks in a stream of consciousness. I then, I then felt tired and closed the kitchen window and put the camera on the side and went to bed. And then I woke up the next morning and wondered why was I tired? Yeah. it was one thirty in the morning. And you were staying at Street Lab. <laughs> well. <laughs> I love this. What's ever happened to the story about that, eight, that gathering of eight UFOs over Thumb Abbey? When are we getting that one? Eight UFOs over Thumb Abbey? Yeah, you talked about it last hang time. On, hang on, let's have a look. You talked about it last time about, you know, he spotted that in Devon, that group of UFOs all hanging over some. Well, this is only, I think this is one of five. So, like I said, I'll stagger them. This could be oh, a she Christmas sent a few, is she? Yeah, she sent me five in one go. Oh, brilliant. We should go, oh, because you said we should just have a Mooner episode, didn't you? But I think that would kill us. I think yeah. you'd kill all the listeners as well. Well, on that note, Rob, 
We bring this episode of Local Anesthetic to a close, and we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 195, 6, as we move ever more forward, Rob, like... Hang on a minute, Rob. If we're coming to episode 196 next week, yeah. 200 episodes might be at Christmas, or especially the new year. Hang on. So what we... Oh, it could be, actually. Because yeah. we're only midway through November. So we've got one more in November. That's sick. So yeah, if we... Oh, practically the new year is going to be episode 200. Yeah, yeah. I think we can probably do it before, before the new year. Anyway, as we move ever more forward, like a street lamp hanging in the dark that's not going anywhere. <laughs> Fair. Just, yeah. just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode 196. And all that remains, Rob, is to say goodbye to this episode. And I believe you had something to say to the episode because you were quite rude to it last week and you promised that you would start off by oh, apologising. no, I think you might have misheard me, Alex. Hi, I, Rob. I, I pre- I'm very forgiving. I'm more than happy to accept your apology. Okay. I think we had a bit of an argument last week about Trump, but I was right, you were wrong. Would you like to say sorry? Nope. I told you, if you don't say sorry, there's going to be no more episodes. Great. I'll stick to it. Okay. All you have to do is say sorry. I know. Well, are you are you not sorry? To you? Mm. No. Either say I'm sorry. For anything. Either say I'm sorry or I'm not sorry, so I know where I stand. I'm not sorry. You still said sorry, I'm happy. A bit odd. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> we can be found on our website. Do you know what? That's it. Yeah. I'm walking. <laughs> we can be fine. We can be found on our website, which is Bye. Our, we can be found on our website, which is LAPodcast.net. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. We're on Twitter at, at LA Podcast. And uh, if you go onto your iDevice, you can find us there on the podcast app. Um, if you search for Alex and Rob or local news or LA podcast you'll find us and if you go onto YouTube you'll find a whole selection of videos there are some classic stories there are you know they are actual videos do watch them because they're brilliant and you can find that by going onto YouTube and searching for lapodcast.net and if you want to email us a story you can send it to lapodcast.net at gmail.com and if you want to submit if you want to sorry support the worthy cause is this podcast then you can hit the donate button at the top of our website lapodcast.net and you can do just that um, Rob I think you're waiting just for the end aren't you uh, God bless This is the end. And keep it local.